and truth I understand. Even though the mountains hear my voice and bow to my command, though men see my good works and though God sees above, this will count as nothing without God's work of love. The greatest command of all, the greatest command of all, the greatest command of all my life is to love you, Lord. So increase my love for you as this one thing I do.
walked away from it. They do it kind of out of tradition, but they don't take it real serious. They don't really mean it, and a lot of them are just kind of completely turned off to it. And it seems like it's like that in every country. And as I got to thinking about it, I was like, you know, it's kind of like that in America too. And a lot of the things that we're seeing too with other religions, we're even seeing this amongst fundamental Baptists. You know, people who that I've known who grew up being taught the truth in a fundamental Baptist church, maybe even going to a Christian school, they get to a certain age and they're walking away from it. Why is that? Why is it that everybody seems to be walking away from their religion, walking away from what they have been taught? And the Bible actually tells us that this is something that was going to happen, something that was going to come. But look at 1 John chapter 2. I want to start out reading there in verse 18 because it makes a statement in here where I get the title for my message. It says, Little children, it is the last time and ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you, because ye know not the truth, but because ye know the truth, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever therefore denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. So I want you to notice, first of all, uh, the statement in here, how he says that you've heard that Antichrist shall come. And I think everybody in here, you've probably heard of the Antichrist. We've been talking about him uh, for a long time. We know that that day is coming where there is a man that's going to step up uh, who is the Antichrist. But here in 1 John, way back 2,000 years ago, he said, hey, right now, there are many Antichrists. And I believe today there are many Antichrists. And he says in this passage too, you know, he says, you know, who is a liar? Okay, and what is an Antichrist? What is an Antichrist? What is a liar? Well, that's anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. What, what does Christ mean? Christ means the anointed one or the Messiah. Okay? Anyone who says Jesus Christ is not the Messiah is Antichrist. Any religion that says Jesus is not the Messiah is an Antichrist religion. And any government that says that Jesus is not the Messiah is an Antichrist government. Okay? And so, uh, just be careful, you know, what religions you choose to support and, uh, love and appreciate and what governments you tend to want to side with. Hey, if they deny that Jesus is the Christ, if they deny He's the Messiah, they're Antichrist. And I don't know about you, I know the Antichrist is going to come, but I don't want to help bring Him to power. I want to be fighting against that all I can. But, and notice though, you know, how it does it. When it tells us about Antichrist, it focuses on that message of the Antichrist is one who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Okay? And so right now, we clearly are living in a time like that where there's a lot of people too, even Christian religions, they won't come out and say Jesus is not the Messiah or Jesus is not the Christ, but they will tell you that Jesus is not the only way to heaven. And you know what? If they're going to say that, they might as well say He's not the Christ. Okay, they are antichrist too. They are liars, and I do, and I believe these antichrists, these many antichrists that are mentioned in First John, are pastors. I believe they're leaders. That I I think we have them in churches today. 
And sadly, I believe that religion, for the most part, is making things worse in this world today. And there's no sign that religion is about to change and get right. And when you look at some of the prophecies about the Antichrist in the Bible, when you take a look at some of those things, I think we can start seeing how churches today are helping bring about the rise of the Antichrist. And I, I mean, and I, do, I, I think we've, we've got to be getting close. I am, and I'm watching close. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the Pope to make it, an, you know, start pointing us to some man, some political leader. Because I believe the false prophet, it's very clear, he is the one that points people to the beast. He is the one that gets people to worship the beast. And how do you know it's the Pope? I don't know, but he's, my money's on him. But anyway, uh, let's look at a few passages. Go to Daniel chapter 11. Some things that we do know about the Antichrist. In Daniel chapter 11, there's a lot of prophecy in there in Daniel of things that have already been fulfilled, but there's a lot of prophecies in there too of things that clearly have not been fulfilled. And kind of the rule that I follow when I'm using prophecy from Daniel is I only will say for sure that it's referring to a future event if the New Testament refers to it. And with this passage, we're going to read the New Testament refers to it as something that's yet to come. And in Daniel chapter 11, verse 31, it says, And arms shall stand in his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. That is something that clearly is yet to come that Jesus said when ye shall see the abomination of desolation. Some people try to teach that that happened before Jesus' time, but Jesus said it's coming. Jesus, he told, he said, when ye see it. So we know this is a future event. And then if you jump down to verse 35, look what it says. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge them and to make them white even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. And that's a good verse to mark in your Bible there. And we are going to look at a place where I, in Revelation in a little bit, where I believe it is quoting, I believe the wording is the exact same are very similar to what we see there in Daniel 11.35. But verse 36, "...and the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that is, de- uh, for that is determined, shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for He shall magnify Himself above all. And right there, these two verses we see, we're going to look at, they're quoted in Second Thessalonians. But notice what he says. This is what got my attention. This is the verse I thought about when I was watching the video of Brother Lowry's mission to Croatia when it talked about you know the new generation, how they are not following the religion of their parents. And that just seems to be a universal theme right now. People are not doing what they've been raised, whether it be truth, whether it be a lie. Everybody's wanting to go another way. Everybody's wanting to do their own thing. And we see here that the Antichrist, it mentions that he will not regard the God of his fathers. He's not going to go after whatever he comes from, whether he be... Jewish, he will probably will not follow the Jewish religion. Whether he be, if he's a Muslim, he's not going to follow the Muslim religion. He's going to be one that goes against the God of his fathers, which I think is going to help him relate very well with the generation that we're living in today. Everyone today is looking for someone who's just different. They want somebody 
that's revolutionary, you know, somebody that just doesn't fit any specific mold. People are hungry for that. That's the reason Donald Trump's done as good as he's done in this election cycle is he's not a politician. And people are like, hey, he's different. Doesn't matter if he's nuts. You know, they're like, he's different. And so people like him. You know, people are going to go after him. And, you know, that's, that's very popular today. It works really good. And we see, too, that just, I mean, across the board, and I can go into example after example of how everybody's just wanting something different. That's how Obama got elected. Change. You know, change. That was his big thing. Change. Yeah, we need change. We want change. Well, what is that change? I don't know, but I want it. I want change, you know, and everybody, you know, and everybody, you know, what, what change do you want? Well, I want this, I want that, you know, and we all, everybody had change in their mind, and then he got in, and he just kind of doubled down on what President Bush had been doing. I mean, what in the world? You know, it, did, it wasn't really change, wasn't any different, but people liked the sound of that. And we see the Antichrist, he's going to be that way. He's not going to regard the God of his fathers. It's kind of like the generation today. And then look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I think you should mark 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 11 uh, in verse 36 and 37. I believe that uh, Paul is quoting from Daniel. And he says in verse 1, Now we beseech your brethren by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. We've been talking about a couple weeks ago the coming of Jesus Christ and our gathering together. Talking about Jesus Christ returning and gathering His people. That day's coming. We're looking forward to that. And he said that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. That is the Antichrist he's talking about there. How do we know that? Look what he says in verse 4. This is where he's quoting from Daniel who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped so that He is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing Himself that He is God. Right there, quote from Daniel, and we see that one of the things the Antichrist, he's not going to regard the God of his fathers. You know what he's going to do? He's going to be kind of like this, you know, we call this generation the millennial generation, which I've heard people refer to as the me-lennial generation. We have, I have, I mean... I'm only 35 years old. I guess I haven't been around that long. But those of you that are older than me, have you ever seen a generation of people that are more self-obsessed than this generation? I mean, you got people... I mean, they go around taking pictures of themselves all the time. I mean, what in the world? I was just in a store last night and I saw these selfie sticks you can buy, you know, so you can take pictures of yourself from farther away. You know, you know what we've always done when we've gone places and want to get a picture? Or take, hey, can you... Take a picture of us, you know. It's just common courtesy if somebody asks you to take a picture of them, you take the picture. Alright? But now, you know, and it's like we live in a society too that it worships entertainers and, you know, and famous people. And you got these famous people, they have the paparazzi following them around all the time. And so you got all these losers in the millennial generation. It's like, man, I want that. I want people chasing me around taking my picture. But they go out in public and nobody's chasing them around trying to take their picture. Well, fine. Nobody's going to take my picture. I'll take my own picture, you know. And you know, and I, nobody's going to put, you know, nobody's going to post pictures of me. I'll post pictures of myself online, you know. And I'll, I'll see how many followers I can get on Instagram or Facebook or or whatever. How many people I can get paying attention to me? How many followers can I get on Twitter? How many people can I get focusing on me? And then these people, they will do whatever it takes to get people 
looking at them and paying attention to them. You know, somebody notice me. Somebody pay attention to me. This is all about me, me, me. And I believe the Antichrist, he's going to come along and he's going to be somebody. He's in touch with the crowd. He's in touch with his generation. And he is, he is going to, you know what? Hey, he's going to be able to, I feel your pain, people. Hey, I know how it is. You all don't want to, you know, you're tired of living in the shadow of your parents and you know, you, you know, telling every, you know, everybody telling you what you want to do or what you should do. You know what? Just be yourself. Be your own person. And he'll do that himself. You know what? I'm God. And maybe at the same time, a lot of the dictators in the past, they're always about everybody else in their speeches, but it's really all about them, isn't it? And we, we see this attitude, this mentality. I mean, it is all, it is all over the place today. It is, it's nauseating how bad it is. And I believe that Antichrist, he's somebody that's going to be able to relate to that. And he is one, he does not regard the God of his fathers. But look at Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. I want to show you one more passage that kind of shows that Daniel chapter 11 is referring to something in the end times. It says in verse 35 of Daniel 11, it says, And some of them of understanding shall fall. Okay, Those who are saved, those who know the truth, not everybody's going to follow the Antichrist. Some people are going to realize who he is and what he is. And you know what? They're, they're going to reject the Antichrist and they're going to fall. In other words, they're going to die. They're going to be killed. The Antichrist is going to stop. You know what's funny about this selfish millennial generation? This is the generation of people that are protesting free speech. Think about that. This is the generation, the, the, you know, these young college age people were the ones that helped Bernie Sanders, the socialist, get as far along as he got. Why? These people, they are so, they are screaming for the government to take over. And it's like, why would people like this want the Antichrist? I don't know, but they, they are, we can see it how it is today. We see how they love dictators. It's crazy that a person can call themselves a socialist and get one vote in America. But this guy got millions of votes. It's absolutely crazy. And I, tell you, I can see how this generation would just wholeheartedly accept the Antichrist. But you said, but they do. They promise freedom. We're the ones that's for everybody, but they're the ones that take away freedom. And the Antichrist, we know there's many references to him going after the saints and him prevailing over the saints. And verse, but verse 35, and some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge them and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. Then Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. And it says, And after this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And then jump to verse 13. says, And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said to them, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And I believe that is a reference to these tribulation saints. That many that were killed at the hand of the Antichrist. We know that's something He's going to do. And we can see too how uh, religious people, are not religious people so much, but true Christianity is becoming less and less popular. And we are becoming more and more despised. 
clearly all over the world, but even in America, it's getting bad. And so we see, though, I, I use these passages to show that this, what we see there in Daniel chapter 11, it is about the Antichrist. This is a, uh, a mentality of his, one who does not regard uh, the God of his fathers. And we see that that is the mentality and the generation today. Why? Because there are many Antichrists. There are many Antichrists, but there is going to be one Antichrist. And I believe that these many Antichrists that John was referring to were what we would call preachers, what we would call religious leaders, spiritual leaders. And I believe that today, this generation, I, I mean, it, we're ready for it. And I believe that preachers are preparing the hearts of people to receive the Antichrist. You know, how is that? How are they doing that? They're talking about Jesus Christ, but let me tell you what they're—the Christ that is being represented today—is not the Christ we read about in the Bible. And you know, and it's neat that when you look at when you do a Bible study on the difference between Christ and the Antichrist. You know, and just a few things: Jesus, uh, Christ, and the Bible says Christ came down from heaven, but the Bible says the Antichrist ascends from the bottomless pit. And then Christ came in another name, and he said in John chapter five forty three, and he said the Antichrist will come in his own name. He Jesus Christ came in the name of his Father, and they didn't receive him. But he said another is going to come in his own name, and you'll receive him. You know, just total opposite of what Jesus Christ did. Jesus said, "I come to do not my own will." but the will of Him that sent me. The Antichrist will do His own will according to what we read in Daniel chapter 11, verse 36. Christ submitted Himself to God. The Antichrist defies God in 2 Thessalonians 2.4. Jesus Christ humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The Antichrist, He exalts Himself above everything that is God. Everything that is called God. Christ honored the God of His fathers. Antichrist refuses to. Christ cleansed the temple. The Antichrist, He defiles the temple. Christ was rejected of men. The Antichrist will be accepted. Jesus was, Christ was slain for the people. The Antichrist slays the people. I mean, just opposite. You know, Christ glorified God on earth. The Antichrist blasphemes the name of God in heaven. Just completely opposite. And so you say, you know, how is religion today helping the rise of the Antichrist. Because I do, I believe most churches today are only preparing people. Because you know what's so hard for these missionaries when they go to these other countries? They all have heard about Jesus. Okay, They've heard about Jesus from their Catholic priest. They have heard about Jesus. They know the name. And so when they come along preaching the true message of Jesus Christ, they, just, they tune them out. They don't pay any attention. You know why? Because... They've, they've already in their hearts, they've rejected Christ. They said, no, I don't believe in this Jesus Christ that I've heard talked about all these years. They deny that Jesus is a Christ. And why do they do that? Why, you know, why is it? Well, religion has done it. Religion, I believe, the way it is helping the rise of the Antichrist is we see religion today, and it's always been this way. And when I say religion, there's, there's true religion, there's false religion. I'm talking about false religion. But, you know, the majority of religion is false religion. And we see that religion today is lifts up men instead of lifting up God. You know, and I wish I could tell you that Baptists are an exception to this, but we're not. Matthew chapter 23, verse 1. Go to Matthew chapter 23. I believe this is turning people's hearts away from Jesus Christ 
and it's preparing them for the Antichrist. Because remember, the Antichrist, he lifts, he lifts himself up. Okay, but I believe he, he does it in a deceitful way. He connects with these, he connects with these people. He's gonna make it like it's all about them. But in Matthew 23 verse 1, then spake Jesus unto the multitude and to his disciples saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not after their works, for they say and do not. Hey, these guys, they're telling, these guys that are teaching you the law of Moses, do the things they're teaching you. Why? Because it's from the law of Moses. You know, any preacher that gets up and he reads what the Bible says to you, if the Bible says it, you ought to do it. But notice how Jesus said, do not do after their works. You know why? Because they say and they do not. And I don't care, you know, people many times, they will reject the truth of the Scriptures because, well, I knew this preacher that preached that and he was a hypocrite. Well, shame on him for being a hypocrite. Bible says, you know, go ahead, do what they teach, but don't do after their work's sake. It says, for they bind heavy burdens, grievous to be born, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at the feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth. Hmm. I wonder what the Catholic Bible says in that. You know, call no man father upon the earth. For one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you let or shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are in to go in. I wish I could just read the rest of this passage in this in chapter 23 the way I think Jesus said it. He just lets it rip. Read the rest of that chapter sometime. We don't have time to do that. But He tells them, you are shutting up the kingdom of heaven. You are stopping people. These are the religious leaders. They are stopping people from getting into heaven. Verse 14, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore, ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye can pass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more a child of hell than yourselves. You'll go through all this to bring one person into your religion, to convert one person, and when you get these people, they are twofold more a child of hell than you yourself. They are twice as likely to go to hell as you are. It looks to me like this religious group right here, these religious leaders, were making things worse. Oh no, religion! It all it all does it, it, it all helps. It all does good. I mean, they they do wonderful things for the community. You know, they they donate money to charity. You know, they help clean up parks and they you know do this, they do that. Let me tell you something: if they're preaching a lie, they're doing more harm than good. Because it is when we go out knocking doors, when we go inviting people, most people have had some type of religion in their life, and most of it was a bad experience. Most of them went to a church run by a bunch of scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. And they were burned. They had the grievous burns 
put on them. They went to a church where the preacher was lifted up. They went to a church where they had to go around they had to kiss the hand of the preacher. That goes on here in town in certain churches that I won't name. Where they go on and they kiss the hand of the preacher. Where they call this man Father who maybe has abused somebody in their family. Someone who's a pervert. They give them all these big names. They give them all these fancy titles. They give them all these praise and worship. Even in Baptist churches, this kind of thing happens where they will go and they will just elevate this man to this godlike status and then turns out he's a big phony. He's a big hypocrite. And people say, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. And you know what? Some honest-to-goodness Christ-loving soul winner comes and knocks on their door, tries to invite them to church. I don't want nothing to do with it. What did they do? They made them twofold more a child of hell than they were before. Those people would have been better off to never have been around, to never have done anything. They've made it worse. Why? Because you don't have to go to church very long anywhere to figure out that people aren't that great. Okay? I try to be a good person, you know, but you know, I'm not perfect and I don't try to pretend I am. And at the same time, I don't try to brag about my imperfections and make excuse either. But let me tell you, you know, people, they're not stupid, folks. And we, whenever somebody is trying to elevate themselves in a way that they shouldn't, people are going to see through that. They might get caught up in it for a little while. But eventually, they are going to see reality and it is going to turn them away from truth. It's going to turn them away from right. And what are we supposed to be doing? We call ourselves Baptists, don't we? We call ourselves Baptists. And what did John the Baptist do? What did John the Baptist say about Jesus Christ? Here comes Jesus. He, John's been out preaching in the wilderness for who knows how many years and he had a pretty good following. But then all of a sudden, Jesus comes along and some of John's disciples start following Jesus. And before long, Jesus has more followers than John does. And somebody comes along to John the Baptist and says, hey, Jesus has more followers than you do. Well, if John would have been a Baptist, would have been a typical Baptist, he'd have been like, well, that unethical preacher, you know, not talking to me before he takes all my uh, followers. I can't believe he'd do something like that. No, you know what John the Baptist said? Hey, he must increase, I must decrease. And but yet, we don't see that going on even in Baptist churches today. This he must increase. This no, I must increase. What can I do to get my name out there? What can I do to become a big shot? What can I do to get more people paying attention to me? Hey, that's not very Baptist if you ask me. If we're going to be Baptist, we're going to act like somebody who was a Baptist in the Bible. He said, He must increase, I must decrease. I'm going to make a bigger deal about Christ than I am about myself. And maybe that's why people, they go through church and they come away thinking religion's terrible, Christians are terrible. You know what? They didn't come to church. Nobody was pointing them to Jesus Christ. Hey, look at us. Hey, look at look at how we sing. Listen to how pure our music is. Look at listen look at how nice we dress. Look at listen to the way we talk. Look at how good we are. You need to be like us. Instead of saying, "Hey, let's look look at Christ." Hey, start following Christ. If you're going to follow me, just follow me as I follow Christ. If I quit following Christ, quit following me. But that kind of thing's not going on, and it has turned people away. And and how sad that is. Look at the way people, you know, they literally worship men like the Pope or you know whoever you know the Dalai Lama you know people will go and I mean what a big deal it is to even get to uh, you know speak with the Dalai Lama or something I just saw a thing too you know Hillary Clinton I guess she was charging like twenty seven hundred dollars 
uh, a piece for kids to ask her questions or something like that. And, you know, I mean, just what in the world? I, I'm paying 27 cents to ask her. I'd like to ask her a question, but it would be loaded. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, 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 it's crazy. And we do that with politicians. A, guy, a politician who we know is a liar. We know politicians lie. We know they're slick. We know they're sneaky. They will come along and they'll make speeches and what people, you know, they just go clapping and screaming for everything they say. Why? Because they're famous. Because they're big shots. When President Obama got elected president, they were already giving him the Nobel Peace Prize and he hadn't even done anything yet. There were already people talking about putting him on Mount Rushmore and doing, he hadn't even done anything yet. And people just, Praising them like crazy. What a joke. No wonder people are getting turned off by Republicans and Democrats. Because it's all been that's all been about lifting people up. And you know what? Religion's doing the same thing. The exact same thing. And I believe the Antichrist, he's going to do the same thing himself, but he's going to be sneaky enough to do it in a way that, hey, this isn't about lifting me up, this is about lifting all of you up. Hey, yeah. You know how bad it would look for a man to get up and say, I am God. I am above God. People aren't that stupid. But I think he'll do it in a way that, hey, but you are too. You know, we are God. I am your leader. And people are going to go, they're going to go nuts for it because they're sick of this. They're sick of this man worship. And you know what? There is nowhere in the Bible we are called to be worshipers of men. We see that it's wicked. It's a sin. We should have no part in it. And man, I, you know, I'm running out of time here. I got a lot more I could say on this subject. I'm t- I don't like it one bit. I, I don't like it. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But also, we see that a lot, many religions today, or way religions are hurting things and uh, making it worse instead of better, is be, their empty traditions. Look at Mark chapter 7, verse 6. Now, we saw some of it in uh, Matthew chapter 23 that we read, but look at Mark chapter 7 and verse 6. It says, He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you, hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, for laying aside the commandments of God. Ye hold the traditions of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things. You do. He said, you all, you've, You're breaking the law of God because of your tradition. You're teaching traditions. You're teaching them as commands. And we see that many things that are turning people away from church, it's the empty traditions. Now, we could have a lot of fun here. We could make fun of some of the empty traditions of other religions. You know, We could make fun of those who get up in church and they start speaking in tongues and doing all the weird things they do and having the priest blow, or preacher blow in their face and they pass out. I mean, we could start making fun of them right now, but you know what? How about we talk about ourselves right now and talk about the empty tradition of just showing up and doing our time and not letting the preaching or the Word of God change us? How about we make, you know, talk about the tradition of showing up and singing the songs and praising God for the hour that we're in church while we are totally different outside the church? I mean, if what we do here if the preaching does not change us, if the Word of God does not change us and affect our lives when we leave here, you know what are your kids going to think when you go out? You know, really, that's just something you do for an hour a week. I'd have more fun at the ball game. Hey, this isn't something we just do for an hour a week. This is a lifestyle. This is something that we're supposed to be doing 
for the rest of our life. We are supposed to be living godly in this world. And if you just you just come in and play in church when the doors are open, that'll make me happy. That'll get me off your case. That'll make it where maybe I won't be able to convict you from you know when I'm preaching on church attendance or something. But let me tell you, it's going to be an empty tradition. And you know what? The next generation is not going to follow you. Nobody wants to have anything to do with that. Nobody cares about the empty traditions. And we could go on and on with some of the empty traditions that we sometimes get caught up in in church. And we, you know, praying, but not praying and not believing. Praying, just doing it, going through the motions. Nobody likes empty traditions. But I believe another, and what it does is it ends up making things worse. You know, it's always exciting when you reach that person who's never been involved in church. A lot of times they're easier to teach. They're more on fire for God. They accomplish more for God because it's it's all fresh to them. It's all new. But then a lot of times after they get around all us veteran Christians, they pick up on it becoming just a tradition and something we just, hey, you know, don't go too crazy doing what the Bible says. You're going to convict the rest of us if you go too far. And then we end up holding them back. And what a shame. But you know, a religion that keeps people in bondage. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 you know, it says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. We don't have time to go through all of Galatians, but many, most religion today, they're teaching a lie. They're teaching things. Most religions today teach that you can lose your salvation. Well, you know what that does? That tells people salvation. It's not about what Jesus Christ did. It's about what I do. It's about what I do. Well, that's a lie. That's not true. People aren't. They're not going to last. They're not. They're, that's not going to do anything for them. Religion is just going to be one more place where I got to go and get a bunch of rules thrown at me. I'm getting enough of that from the government. I already got. You know, I'm sick of dealing with the IRS. I'm sick with the government always changing laws and making things difficult for me. Why would I voluntarily? Go to a church where they're just going to throw more rules on me and things that if I don't do, I'm going to get thrown into hell for it. That's all it is. But to many people. But listen, when it comes to keeping the commandments of God, we do it in liberty, but we have a really sorry way of teaching it sometimes. It's like we it's like we're doing it, we obey the commands of God many times grudgingly. We're doing it, it's like because we have to, it's expected of us, and then we feel like, well, if I have to do this, everybody else has to do it too. And then we try forcing things on people. And you know what? We're not supposed to be policing everybody else in the church. It's supposed to be between you and God. But you know what? It's all about it's all about bondage. And you know, and preachers too. I, I got to keep my people faithful. These if, if people stop coming to my church, they stop giving. How am I going to get my paycheck? This law of liberty thing's not working out too good. You leave Liberty, so I'm going to create create this new doctrine. You all leave Liberty Baptist Church without my okay, you're going to hell. And nobody's that open, you know. But some religions are kind of like that. Hey, if you get out of line, that when you die, that priest he's not going to come by and give you last rites. He's not going to do that for you. And guess what? You just got another ten years in purgatory. You know, I mean, they'll they'll throw those things at you. What are they doing? Keeping you in bondage. And people today, many of them are that are people that are in church. They're not going to church because the Holy Spirit's leading them to. Because out of obedience to Christ, it's out of fear. What's people in the church going to say to me? 
What's the preacher going to do to me? What are they going to take away from me? And, and church is just a place of bondage for many people. And that is not what it's supposed to be. Not at all. And we could talk a lot more about that, but don't have time. But then just lastly, a religion, I believe a religion that doesn't change anybody. It's making things, it makes things worse. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And you know what? People are looking for something that is real. And sadly, many people today, many young people, they've grown up in a home where they're taught the truth, they know the truth, but it's not lived in their homes. It's completely different. And it's like, you know, something as big as God, something as real as God is going to make you think would make a difference, wouldn't you? But yet it doesn't change anything. We went to a house yesterday and you know this lady's talking about their church they go to while we can hear the husband in the background screaming and cussing and all ticked off at us for knocking on their door. It's like, good night. I didn't know Christians talk like that. You know, I didn't say that, but I'm thinking it. Like good you know, ridiculous. And you know what? Their kids, if they have any, I doubt they're gonna to want to go to church. Now my parents went to church. You know, my dad who was a drunk, who was a you know, dirty, rotten scumbag. Yeah, he went to church. He played the religious game every week. It's it's all fake to them. And you know what? They're walking away from it. They're walking away from it fast. And the Bible said in that passage we looked at in Second Thessalonians said that uh, before the day of Christ came, there would be a falling away. I believe a falling away from the truth is what that's referring to. And I believe we are seeing that today. And I believe that religion and preachers are preparing people for that. All this phoniness that's going on in church today, it, all it is doing, it's turning people away from the things of God. People are trying to say hard preaching, preaching the truth. That turns people away from God. Oh, that brings reproach in the name of Christ when you, you start calling people out for their sin. No, it doesn't. That's what brings people to repentance. That's what it did in the Bible days. What's, bring, what's turning people away from Christ is the fake, phony, wishy-washy, hypocritical junk that's going on that doesn't change anybody. There's no reality to it. A bunch of empty traditions. That's what's turning people away from Christ. And I'm sad to say, I believe our world today, it is ready for the Antichrist. It is ready. And I think it's only a matter of time before he steps up. People are, but people, they're looking for something that's real. And the Antichrist, he's going to be the master deceiver. He's going to convince them that it's something real. And people are going to go for it. He rejected the God of his fathers, and they're already rejected the God of their fathers. Hey, I can relate with this guy. This, is something, this guy, he understands. He's seen the things that I've seen. He knows. He thinks the way I think. Let's give this guy a chance. Let's put him in power, and they're going to have no idea what they're getting themselves into. And that the Bible said that day is coming, and I do. I believe the hearts of people are ready for it. But you know what? It's not my job to help the Antichrist come along. It's my job to help change the hearts of people. And if we're going to do that, we can't do what all the other religions are doing. We have more religions in this world, more churches today than ever. But you know what? They're not. They're doing more harm than good. We need to be one that's doing good. And if we're going to accomplish something for good, we've got to lift up Christ instead of lifting up ourselves. We've got to stop doing empty traditions, and we need to start. You know what we what we do needs to be real. It needs to be. I mean, 
We need to be full of the Holy Spirit, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. We can't be putting people in bondage. We've got to be getting people out of bondage. And you know what? We've got to make a difference. We've got to act. We need to try to change our own lives. We need to be the real thing. And I do. If we would do that, I think we could save some people from being deceived when that day comes. And so, with that, let's all stand together.